You are listening to the Short Combos Podcast. We fly. We are live. We're in the clouds. We're in the clouds, sir. You've been doing the intro. Do you want to do the intro? I'm going to stay on it. Welcome, guys, to the Short Combos Podcast. Uh, We are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I am as Miralai, presenting with my dear friend and colleague, Mr. JC, uh, Warrior of Light, Cashman. And uh, we're having our weekly short convo catch-up, aren't we? We are indeed. Everyone keeps telling me it's not that short. Apparently, a half-hour-to-hour conversation is not a short convo. It's a short convo as far as I'm concerned. Who, t- who, who says how long a short convo should be? Well, my thing is, is that if you look at the different topics, each one is a short combo. We just have loads of, loads of short combos put together. Yeah. Uh, they're chatting rubbish. I just let you know that there's people out there saying ridiculous things to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to uh, investigate this. I'm going to write this down for, for next week. The, the definition of a short conversation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get definition of short first. Oh, and then, yeah. then combo. Yeah. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna. It's come all back. subjective, isn't it? It's all yeah. relative. Who yeah. knows? Like, if you've had an eight-hour conversation, I'd say a thirty-minute combo is pretty short. Yeah. Did, did I write this down right? Uh, dichotomy or something? The, that yes, weird? the di- the dichotomy of life. We were talking is that a about. Word? The, uh, did we check if that was a word? I'm going to check right now since we are live. This is uh, oh, come this on, that was your homework, as man. Was that my homework? I had homework. I'm sure it was. I'm sure. I don't remember us setting that as homework. Otherwise, I would have had it. Oh man, that's not working. Uh, homework for next week. I will figure out exactly what that means and get that yeah. up for it. I didn't realize we'd I made like that official. Yeah, uh, it was research. official. Sorry, you better check Sorry, back. Apologies, my, my bad. How's your week been then, as? The week has been lovely. Uh, I've been in a good mood. The, the weather's been great, and that's a big thing. I don't know how susceptible you are to weather and mood, but I am, I've always considered myself solar-powered, and the sun helps me. I, I generally feel in a better mood and more productive in the summer months and spring than I do in the winter. I kind of almost go into hibernation mode in the winter. I power through because things need to be done, but there's definitely a significant difference in my energy levels. So this week I've been great. Been outside in the sun, uh, been soaking it up. No, no complaints. I love the sun. I love the sun. If I had a choice, uh, cold, wet or sun, sun sun all day long. Uh, But I wouldn't go as far to say as I'm solar powered. Uh, I feel functional in whatever climate. And sometimes I actually quite like the challenge of a of a wet and miserable uh, day. I, I, I something sometimes it brings the best out in you, kind of, or with me anyway. But I think uh, the environment is very much affected by what you said, being solar powered. I think just the uh, interaction with people, just the general energy of everyone is far better when it's sunny, far better. Yeah, I think you're onto something there because I like, like I said, I've been outside a lot more this week because of the weather. I've been around nature a lot more this week, which always helps. Uh, and then, yeah, interacting with people. And I think all of that stuff's just healthy human stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So tick, tick box, good week for you. Tick box, good week for me. Next week, I'll be like 
borderline yeah. suicide, right? That's how it was. I was going to say, we, I was thinking before we chatted, I was thinking, oh, we should have documented this for, for the graph where it Well, where it we, we can go back through the episodes. Uh, yeah, let's get to like episode yeah. 20 and see uh, what, what we've been saying each week of is. the ups and downs. That's the beauty of this. We, we've got a record yeah. of it. Uh, yourself? Uh, a good week, a good week. Uh, I'm feeling really calm in a good way. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm up on uh, cloud nine or on elations, but I've had a really good week. Uh, it's been good being back at our dojo. I know it's a little bit different for you with your setup and everything, but it feels, I don't like using the word normal, but there's a form of usual business again. Uh, we've yeah. done a couple of What is the weeks. word for what you're using? Comfort? Home creature know. comforts? There's yeah. a word that, that's springing to mind that you're trying to say, because it's not normal, but it's the... No. I don't know. It'll come. Yeah. Carry on. Sorry. And uh, the, the even with the restrictions that we're having to put in place to social distancing, the one way in, one way out, all of that kind of thing, in just a week, everyone's settled into it. Everyone's like the instructors, the students, the parents, everyone's like, yeah. So it feels like one can start to put some goals ahead. One can start to, yeah, I feel like one's heading in a nice direction. And to top it all off, the best thing is uh, the campus properly up and running now. As I well. saw a video uh, of the engine ticking over. That was quite yeah. a sight to uh, yeah. quite a so, sight to see. You took it on the road yet? Yeah, so I rebuilt it, uh, reassembled it. I didn't rebuild the entire engine because I don't have the tools uh, for that. So I got a block and I reassembled it, uh, put it back in. And do you think, oh, I just turned the key and just start? No, no such luck. So we had a fuel line issue. We had a electrical issue, no spark, which turned out to be nothing that we, I had a, a friend who's a mechanic came out around and he didn't actually do anything but test stuff and then tested it again and it worked. It was like, you know, it didn't replace uh, anything at all. It, it's just like, that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, so then she turned over, uh, learned how to time her and everything. Uh, but then uh, there was this really uh, annoying, not alarming, but really annoying squeaking noise. So with mechanical stuff, uh, I don't know if you'd have the ear for it. Some stuff sounds wrong. It's like, shit, turn it off, do it doing that, making that noise. And other stuff, it's like, it shouldn't be doing that, but it's yes. not, not a kind not of problem. The so there's this squeak going on, and uh, I was pretty certain it was the fan belt. So uh, I managed to round off the nut, taking that off the bolt, so I had to fix all of that. And then I got to a point where I kept adjusting it, and it would go and come back, come, go and come back. And then I thought, well, the neighbour said, just leave the fan belt off and run it. And it was still squeaking, so it wasn't even the fan belt. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when the neighbours, I got three neighbours, they all coming around, really nice neighbours, saying hello, you know, giving advice. And they're like, oh, it might be the thrush bearings. So where the engine meets the clutch, because it's all a new clutch and everything else. And that's like an engine out again job fix it and I, I wasn't alarmed by that but my neighbor's like oh it's such a shame you just got it it's so pretty it's so clean it's so <laughs> everything else and then uh, yesterday talking to someone else uh, thought it might be the clutch cable so I got under the van today and after learning how to adjust that it's the clutch cable so she's no, nice. uh, yeah 500 mile running now so oh, lovely does it feel yeah. different could you say yeah, oh, massively. It sounds significantly. Different. Significantly. Like massively. Oh, interesting. Well, the exhaust is actually attached now, so that helps. That helps. Uh, <laughs> all, all four cylinders are firing, so that kind of helps. That's and a big plus. Uh, yeah, it, it, it feels 
40, nearly 50 years new, if that makes sense. So she pulls yeah. away nice. Like I replaced all the back brakes, so she actually stops. That's quite an important thing. Handbrake actually works. <laughs> I've had a first gear handbrake for however long. So handbrake works. And yeah, little, little things like that. It's, uh, it's really pleasing. The whole thing, I'm really liking uh, and that, and, uh, metaphors and uh, analogies at the moment. And the whole thing for me is just a great metaphor, I think, of life itself. And mm. what, in the experience of doing something like that, like, you know, people fix cars every day, don't they? Uh, people, well, not necessarily a car like that, like a 50-year-old vehicle. The, the mechanics side of it is very different to today's vehicles. And yes. uh, like the friend that's a mechanic, when he came over, he's like, oh, this is great. We don't get to do stuff like this anymore with a, you know, a simple engine. Uh, so yeah, it's not something new, you know, I've spoken to those people that have taken, but for me it was. And I think the metaphor for it is uh, really don't be scared to do things in life that you want to do, where no matter how big it is, like, you know, this time last year, the thought of taking the engine out and replacing all the brakes, which is quite important, and uh, disassembling it, basically doing it on my own just with a bit of help from other people, but me on the tools, it was like, man, that would seem like a bit of a, you'd sort of stop before you got to it. Uh, mm. But then I thought there was a point where I'm not going to be able to do this again. Uh, I'm not going to have this kind of time on my hand where it can sit there and it can be worked on. And it was like, bit the bullet, got the new lump, Pulled, pulled it all apart, had everything then, it's like, well, you've got to get it done now. And, <laughs> uh, I, I, I just learned so much. So when I look at the van now, I don't look at it going, oh, well, what if that, I can, it's almost like, I don't know how to explain, it's like the matrix, you look at it and you can see how it operates, how it works. There's not a thing I can't fix on it now. And that, that's a really nice feeling to have. You, you own a vehicle, uh, something that I drive, have pleasure with take the girls camping do all the things and i can fix it i i i know yeah so yeah that, that that's kind of topped my week off so far as a really good week yeah that sounds awesome i make a big point and i have done for years now of changing my own brakes uh i've done it on my last couple of cars where i just I, I don't know what it was i just i realized that it was one of those things that we were just overpaying for uh, with all respect to mechanics, they deserve to get paid. They deserve to, to get things for their labor. But when you look at it, when I watched a video on it, I was like, this is just far too simple to, for me to give to someone else to do. I can do this. Uh, and now I do it all the time. And uh, if, when people see me doing it, they're like, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't mess with that. You know, you don't know what you're doing. What if it doesn't work? I'm like, trust me, it's, it's not actually anywhere near as daunting as what you have it in your mind to be. And I think that's what you're saying, isn't it? Is when you think about changing the engine on a car, it seems like this just gargantuan task way beyond your, your ken. Uh, but, it's, but really, if you break it down into steps and little pieces, it's just one bolt, one screw after yeah. another, and you get there. I think the daunting is a, is a big thing of it. Uh, I think that's a really good word. You look at it and it's daunting. So like I reassembled the rear brake and uh, did the bearings as well. And it's like, I got down to the bearings and it's like, how do you get these out? Like you, I'm gonna need a machine press or something. And then that means taking that off to get it to a machine and that. So I found for this whole process, I've learned uh, there's always a way around it. So, got a hammer in the 
uh, flat-headed chisel chiseled them out and put them back <laughs> in. Yeah, we're a bit of force and it's absolutely fine. And, you know, YouTube is a godsend, but I've also got a traditional Haynes manual, so I'm jumping between pages to that. And then there's some things a little bit more intricate, like the uh, timing, for instance. It's like I just had no idea how you timed an engine. I understand the, the idea of it on a four-cylinder, it's got all fire and it's all got a B time, but I had no understanding. And then, yeah, watch a little YouTube video, and it's like, oh, okay, I marked that there, I marked that there, turn it. And it's like, it's really sad satisfying once you do something like that as well yeah, yeah. it's like yeah i feel like yeah i've got that done so yeah that, that was pleasing i think people do stuff like this less and less and i guess that you hit the nail on the head about time uh, and having the time to do it because you know you take your car into the garage and get it fixed you can then you freed up your time to go do something else you're just going to pay pay the price for it uh, but I think we should. I think with certain stuff, you should find, should make the time because you get so, like you've said, you've got so much pleasure from the process and from the learning experience. And uh, now you can take so much pride in driving it yeah. around because it really is now your car. Uh, yeah. If it wasn't before. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a lesson to be learned there. And uh, it's, uh, what was I going to say? I can't really remember now. There's something you just said, and I thought I'd say something. Ah, it'll come back in a minute. Uh, but you went camping, didn't you, yourself? Not in a camp. I did. I did go, yeah, very, very basic uh, tent and wood camping. Uh, my dad's got, we're very fortunate, he's got access to quite a bit of land, like about, I think it's 14 acres worth of just forest. Uh, nice. So I just walked out into the middle of it and <laughs> found a nice spot, started a big fire and set up a tent. And uh, yeah, just, just switched off for, for 24 hours and just got back to, back to some basics. It was, it was good. I don't know what I'm, you're, you're similar into this idea. So you understand that it just, yeah. it grounds you in some way that's very hard to explain, but there's I'm, something about cooking on flames and sleeping a bit rough and being away from, by away from technology, I mean away from electricity in yeah. its entirety, the waves uh, and the frequencies, it's just different. I've been on that journey for well, quite some time now. Uh, I think even before we had CC, so probably like 17 years, something 20 years now, I, I found that. I didn't go ever camping as a, as a kid. Our, our holidays were either staying somewhere in Cornwall, as in a house, or flying somewhere. I ne never did camping there once as a kid. I used to play outdoors, used to go out on my bikes. I wasn't scared of mud and worms, but it wasn't my, my I'll go to thing, because I know some families have always camped, haven't they? Yeah. And uh, the, uh, it was Lauren's, uh, Lauren inherited a little bit of money from uh, one of her family's side uh, and we went and bought a load of camping gear and we went camping and I just fell in love with it then and I got into the bushcraft and then obviously the camper kind of ties in with all of that as well. I think we, we kept, we've got undeniable uh, programming in us. Like if you look mm. at the time scale that we've had electricity, just say the comfort of electricity and the time scale as human beings that we haven't, it, it's like minute, isn't it? So the amount of time that we have survived without it, far, 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 far exceeds with it. And I think there's some kind of in-programming thing in us that, well, for me anyway, yeah, when I, when I go, I just feel, feel that one, I suppose. 
Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I went with my sisters. So we went with all my sisters and their partners uh, and bless them. They're very much city folk. Uh, so they like their creature comforts. They're not used to camping. They don't really know about starting a fire and uh, you know, pitching a tent or anything like this. But one, it takes a little while for them. Like for me, the second I'm there, I switch flips and I'm in a different frame of mind. Uh, for them, it took a few hours to kind of disconnect and kind of get through the, oh, where do I go toilet? Oh, where do I, what yeah. do I do with this? How do I handle that? Uh, but then by the end of the evening, by the time we were like all just sat around the fire, there was just this different energy in the space. It was, yeah, it was, it was really good, uh, really needed. And it's just, I, I only get mad at myself that I don't do it more often because every time I go, I'm like, I should do this more often. Uh, but yeah, it's finding the time, finding the space. But I saw a good documentary on camping a little while back, actually. Yeah. And uh, I can't quote the dates exactly, but camping uh, doesn't go back that far. We're talking to like even the 40s or 50s, something like that. So, oh, you know, man has lived in caves forever, but this whole tent camping thing doesn't go back that far as a recreational thing and yeah, it was actually uh only a very wealthy thing to do uh the city folk your guys your uh, who, who worked in the city or lived in the city would go for a camping weekend and would right. have a tent and would have these kind of things your your workers couldn't afford to go camping they they couldn't afford a day off work they work you know six days a week and one day of rest to then be able to work the next six days a week mm -hmm. uh, they, and i found that really interesting to start with and then i think i can't remember how it how it happened but it was something to do with the cost of like everyone uh no it, it was something to do with the cost of it people started to do it more it became uh, more accessible then uh, all the uh, cheap airlines started coming out so people could easily fly to france spain all of these hot countries climates and that and it killed camping uh, and then I think in the early thousands or the late 90s it might even be the early thousands it had a res ren I can't say the word renaissance is that the word where it comes around again yeah uh, and it had a yeah it had a rebirth and uh, people now it's a common thing because it's also cost effective it's it's not a budget holiday but it's a way that you can you know go away at, at a reasonable cost and it's come back again now yeah, it was just really interesting documentary on this story of yeah you don't think of it like that do you because now you do think of it as a not a poor man's holiday but like you said it's not it is inexpensive you can pick up a tent now 50 60 quid uh, and that's you know that's like a hotel basically now for a few days it doesn't doesn't take a lot to get the basic camping gear. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you don't think of it as a, as a rich man, but I guess, yeah, especially back then, I think materials must've been a big thing because oh, yeah, massively. plastics and stuff like that. And now, you know, stuff like carbon fiber or lightweight metals for frames and everything, uh, all of that stuff must've been crazy yeah. expensive back when it was first cropping up. Well, my grandparents, uh, they used to go to Cornwall when people used to think it was another country. So they used to be like, <laughs> oh, we're going to Cornwall. And uh, someone would say to them, oh, where's that? Is that another country? Because people never travelled that kind of far, a distance. And when they first went, they used to go with a motorbike and sidecar. 
Uh, so it'd be my nan, my granddad on the motorbike, and my dad and the dog and the tent in the sidecar. Yeah, side yeah, uh, side and it used to be a two-day journey, a two-day drive. They had to stop at a farmer's field to set pitch up tent, uh, or, or you know, on halfway down. And yeah, just that—that's when time zones were different in this country. Yeah. <laughs> different time zone in Cornwall. Yeah. To here, it wasn't until the railway brought it all in together. It's crazy to think that's not even that long ago. I mean, like you said, that's a, a grandparents' lifetime yeah. ago. It's not. Well, my dad. Not anything. One generation. My dad. So. Yeah. Yeah, mad. I remember what it was I was going to say, actually, about the, and I, I had that blank. Uh, the, you know, you were saying about the time, not having the time to do things like rebuild an engine, etc. Uh, what came to mind is, it's the value of what you give something, isn't it? Yeah. So, like, for instance, I value my time in a sense of, if there's a job that can be done by someone else, or it can be done better, just take admin, for instance, uh, I give it to someone else because it's a job that doesn't require my skill set. It requires someone else's skill set uh, or it's a job that can just be done by anyone. So I don't put, that seems to me now a waste of time because I, I have a limited time, we all do. But, but for instance, paying someone to work, to do the camper, I'd have to work to get the money to pay someone to do the camper and they're going to pay, you're going to be paying tenfold probably to have the work done uh, that you would do. And that's how I value it. Yes. As well Which as the pride and everything right else. Way to value it, I feel. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's right. Uh, I think it's a hard thing for people to come to terms with that that you delegation i think is one of the most difficult but useful things people can learn and and become good at the ability to give things up that you that they serve you but they won't serve you if they are added on and added on and added on at some point yeah. you need to give things away to create space for bigger things to be, let you have room for the bigger project and to do the bigger stuff in mind yeah for sure I thought I was going to ask you this week. Uh, I've got a few rituals that I do. I just thought of it the other day while I, I was doing it. And uh, one of my rituals, my weekly rituals, is uh, I always have an evening green tea. So I've got a couple that I particularly like, like in a jasmine uh, tea in a, you, you steep it, I always steep it a certain way, you know, temperature, everything else. And then I've got a matcha tea, slightly different tea uh, bowl. So I'm not talking your English cup of tea, mate. Uh, I'm talking, you know, it's a, a green green tea. I always, every evening have it. And I think what made me think it, I didn't have it the other, other week, other evening, it, it, Tripped in my head, or oh, I didn't do it. Didn't do it that evening. Sometimes, you know, at the weekend it's a whiskey rather than green tea. But during the week, it's it's a green tea, and I find it a very. You're saying about camping. I find something like that very grounding. It's very. It's just one little thing that you do a day. Uh, you know, it takes five minutes out of the day to steep it. I sit and watch the telly, read outside wherever it is. Uh, I'm having it. I just found it. Find it another thing that just grounds you. It just brings you back to where you are. You can think about the day, you can plan the day, you can whatever it is in the moment. Do you have any yeah. rituals that you, you do? They, they change. They, I've, they, I've, not had, I've not had one that I can say has been there for like 
years and years, you know, a daily occurrence. I go through periods of them. So like at the moment, the rituals are every day I have to go for a walk, even if it's just 10 minutes, five minutes. Yeah, I have dog. to just get my, yeah, well, my hand's yeah. allergic to yeah, everything that moves. I'd have yeah. to get a cockroach. I think that's the only thing <laughs> I've worked out that she's not allergic to, cockroach on a leash. <laughs> so, but you go for um, a walk without dog. I go for a walk. I, I, yeah. And it, it might just be once around the block. It might just be down the road and back, but I have to recently, that's been something really powerful for me. Uh, another one at the moment is I'm doing something called daily pages, which just means I'm sitting down either at the start or the end of the day. And I'm just writing with just to get stuff out of my head. Uh, just, just basically a brain dump. And sometimes it's one page, sometimes it's free. I just write until I'm, I've run out of stuff to, to really say. Uh, it doesn't take long, but that's really helped me at the minute to get out of my head uh, and get rid of that kind of, not negative head speech, but just that constant, chatter. like the, yeah, the chatter, the, the washing machine of just stuff coming around and going around. It puts it out and then I can kind of get a bit of perspective on, on things. That's been a recent one. But yeah, I've not had anything as consistent. I know your T1 is, I don't know how many years you could say well, you've been doing yeah, it. Yeah, a long before, time now. But yeah, I've not had anything that, that consistent with them. I've been to uh, a couple of really nice restaurants and one uh, where they, you know, the, on the menu they have green tea and I, I'm so particular now with the way that I do it. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, you did that all right. And this is a really nice, really nice restaurant. And it's like, you know, to, I think to anyone else it would be like, oh, green tea and they did it. And it was like, class, it was it. And it's like, okay. <laughs> Okay, I would do it this way. You oversteeped it. <laughs> yeah, this is how I yeah. feel about steaks. Like I, I pride myself on cooking a mean steak, uh, and then I'll go to a nice steakhouse, and I'm still like, yeah, it was good, it was nice, right. but I could do it better. <laughs> I'm glad think, you yeah. mentioned the writing the diary because uh, as I feel life is now coming a little bit more back on track after you know this derailment, uh, I haven't actually been on my diary. I've, well, it's not a diary, it's just a, a moleskin uh, book that I just write in uh, things. Journal. I haven't been on a journal. Yes, that's the word, journal. So uh, I'm going to pick, once we finish this call, I'm going to pick that up and I'm going to evenings start to journal again. I think that's an important thing I didn't actually do. know that you did it. Uh, yeah. Journaling in general. I yeah. didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. yeah. I've always found it something I come back to and go off of from time to time. But I, I just feel when I need it. There's certain times and areas of life where I'm like, I need a place to put all of this. And then other times you just, you've got your foot on the gas and you're good to go. And it's not, it's not a necessary tool, but yeah, it's been, it's been a powerful ally in, in a lot of situations for me. We've probably spoken about it before, but then like we said rituals, but then there's things like weekly or even daily that you have to do uh, because, uh, things depend on it. It's like, for instance, maintenance on a car. You have to, you know, fill the water, do and everything. I have a weekly uh, thing with that. My other thing is uh, the bonsai site behind me. Like, I had a really good day at the weekend where I just sat down with them, I tidied them all. Uh, I find sometimes it can be a little bit of a crutch because I've been watering for the last month and, like, a couple of them needed uh, attention from, like, a pest point of view. Uh, they had, like, a fungi on the leaf and that. 
And every time you go to water them, like I'm doing this uh, late at night, it's not the time to work on them. And it's like, oh, it becomes a little bit of a, I want to sort that. And it, that goes on for a few weeks. But then when you get it done, it's like, oh, it's nice again. Uh, so I'll put the camper and like the uh, bonsais into bracket like that. It's not a daily yeah. thing, but it's another sort of ritual. What about you? Do you have a, do you see something as more of a, like you said, you don't always write, but occasionally. Yeah, really. I've got a bunch of those, those things where, where they come and go. Like music is a big one for me. Uh, I'm always listening to music, but I play music as well. So I have in particular guitar. Uh, and it used to be when I was at school, because I actually ended up studying it, it was every day, we're talking three to five hours a day playing. Uh, and now it's like maybe half an hour a week, maybe once a week I'll sit down and play. But again, there's no, I don't like plan it or put it in the diary or, you know, get it ready. I just, the day comes and I'm like, I want to play guitar. Uh, and I find some time, I sit down, I play, and then, uh, then it kind of, satisfies whatever that need is within me and then i've got a few bonsais a few house plants and like you said i get what you mean about the the kind of crutch of you see one either needs attending to or repotting and something and it's like yeah that it niggles at you because you yeah. know you've got to find some space and time to to make that happen uh but yeah the, the music's a big one for me i know you're a big music fan in terms of listening uh listening to music that that's always been around for me yeah yeah stuff. yeah likewise uh, cc is extreme on that uh to almost a point of uh, that's my eldest daughter almost to a point of uh obsession like mm. as we get in the car keep turning on turn the radio on it's like <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 you know she can't sing it's just typical teenage she can't function yeah, yeah. without out music or something playing that's a very interesting thing now uh looking at all our kids and my childhood in comparison. Like I used to watch a lot of cartoons, I used to play games, I used to enjoy those sort of things, but the device world, that's a whole, whole nother convo at another time. Yeah, it really is. That's the whole mobile thing, isn't it? Because the difference with us yeah. is you wanted to play a game, you had to sit down and be plugged in. Uh, whereas now it's in your pocket, it goes wherever you go. And same for music, you, you know, you have to go get your CD player. Uh, now it's, it's just in your hands. Mm. I think uh, another metaphor, another uh, analogy, you said about changing brakes, uh, you know, yeah. you've made yourself uh, do that. I, I bought this as an analogy this week where it's really important to focus on braking as in stopping every now and then. I think we run so fast all of the time and we don't look at, like I actually thought of it while I was changing the brakes on the camper. I thought, you know what, this has been well overdue. Uh, should have spent a bit more time making sure. And it was like real nice fancy brakes and uh, everything else with the uh, old school drums and everything on it now. And it's like uh, the, the camper, who you said, you know, green tees, your music, your writing, the trees. It's that opportunity just to stop for a moment, isn't it? To put the brakes on life. I, I think that's such an important thing. It's, it's like a, a physical meditation. You know, you, your wife's got into yoga very much recently, hasn't she? Yes. And I think that's yeah. another example of it where you're not doing nothing. It's not about sitting still in a quiet room and doing nothing. I think that can be important too, but it's about doing something that requires attention, but it's like a soft attention. 
It's not, it's not intense. Like I need to get this spreadsheet done. I need to get this plan written out. Uh, it's, it's got a time frame, but the time frame's a bit different, isn't it? Like your camper was going to be done when it was going to be done. It wasn't due date Friday. You'd like to have it done by yeah. Friday, but if it wasn't ready by Friday, it wasn't ready. I think activities like that are really important to be mixed in amongst the stuff that, you know, has to be done and has to get, get space. But yeah, putting the brakes or, on is a huge Or is thing. everything actually like that? Mm. Is yeah. everything actually like that? Do we, you, do, are these deadlines all made up? Should you, they put, all head? should you put those things, that energy into everything and then it would be, everything would be more enjoyable. Of course there's deadlines, you know, there's date and time, isn't it? Like, uh, if you're going to get married, you've got to sort it out for the wedding. Otherwise all the expense that you put out, you're losing. So yeah, of course the deadline, I think, that is a really good tool to give yourself deadlines. And I found it funny the other day, Poppy was giving herself a deadline to get something done. She was just playing a simple little game and she's like, oh, I've got to get this done in a minute. If I don't, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna fall in the lava. And uh, I think that's a really good practice to yeah. make yourself have to do something. But on the flip side, should all of life, should it be like that kind of thing? I think it's a little, I don't know if idealistic is the word. Yeah, it's gonna be, I know it's bad, we gotta say it, but I think it is. For me, it's like, you know, if you played a game and I gave you the cheat codes and now you're invincible uh, and you basically you have nothing to worry about, the game becomes boring because there's no challenge anymore. It's just, you know, you're gonna enjoy it for a moment and then it's gonna get very boring. So I do think you you need the challenge and you need the pressure because, and you've, we've spoke about this loads, that you enjoy being in the yeah. fire, being in the pressure. Uh, so I think, I do think you need both. But yeah, I think the balance is skewed a lot these days where we're, we're so on it and there's so much pressure. And then we forget to do the other side of life, which is just be in the moment and just enjoy something simpler. Yeah. The simple yeah. side of things. Or the, not the need to answer all the emails, not the need to yeah. do everything. The, the you compulsion. Get, yeah. get away from that. There's a, I, I've had things, moments where I've just wanted to throw my phone because I feel like I'm compelled to pick it up and to check it or to go through an email or reply to something. And I feel like I'm a slave to it at times. And I just want to throw it and just like get rid of it and get an old Nokia and go back to a dumb phone and then you know you you calm down you take a break and you realize you're okay but uh, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah yeah balance what zeros and ones baby zeros and ones ones. that's that's been a short convo hasn't it like how could you make that that convo any shorter I mean, you could, but at what point is it then not a conversation anymore? And it's just, uh, yeah, I'm going to research this for next week. As yeah, people, you know, fast food. Now they want fast combos. Like, yeah, want people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pull yourselves together. Go camping. Yeah, exactly. Or rebuild an engine. <laughs> First dude, I will see you next time. Yeah. Guys, please like share, please leave five star reviews, uh, pass on to your friends and we will see you next week.